Hey folks, and welcome to Typology, the show on which we explore the story of you through the lens of the Enneagram. My name is Anthony Skinner, producer of the show. Thrilled to have you here with us today. We're doing something really neat, something unique. This is week two of a four-week theme on couples. And the first three weeks, we are replaying some old episodes, but with brand new commentary by Ian. And then in week four, we're going to have a really special episode with Ian and his wife, Anne, and some very special guests that are going to guest host. Now, you may ask, what is the reason for the couple's emphasis? Part of the reason is we are celebrating the opportunity to take a brand new test. It's the IEQ-9 Couples Report. So you all have heard of the IEQ-9 test, which Ian has said several times he believes it is the best possible test out there to determine your Enneagram type. This Couples Report gives you an extensive report on your type and how it interacts with your partner, your spouse, with their type and vice versa. So this is a really powerful tool, something you definitely will want to get your hands on. You can go to typologypodcast.com slash couples to get that report. Make sure you do that. Don't forget that Ian's brand new book, The Story of You, is now available everywhere fine books are sold. All right, enough of all that. Let's get to today's episode, an interview with Abner and Amanda Ramirez, better known as Johnny Swim, with extra commentary and conversation with Ian and myself. Ian really weighs in on this episode. I know you're going to enjoy it. By the way, Johnny Swim has a brand new album they just dropped. It is self-titled Johnny Swim. Make sure you go get that. Give it a lot of spins. Let your friends and family know about it. They're dear friends. If you know them, you already love them. If you haven't heard of them yet, you're welcome. That's my gift to you today. All right. Now on with the show and our host, Ian Cron. Okay, great. So, Ian, let's talk about sevens and nines. Before we get started, why don't you give us a 50,000-foot flyover of the relationship between a seven and a nine? Yeah, so this is a really great combination. It -hmm. it has a lot of potential, okay? So, uh, first of all, as you can could guess, right, sevens bring a ton of juice to the table. Oh, yeah. You know, there are people who have so many different interests— so uh, many things uh, that, they, you know, they just have hands and different things. You know, I think about Abner, you know, like he's a pilot. He's a musician. <laughs> he's into this. He's into right. that. You know what I mean? Right. They're, they, you know, they chase the sparkles right. around them. You know, I think about my son. He's got, you know, he's into songwriting, you know, and he, he's really into classical music and he collects Bernstein records. And he's also really into biking. And he's, you know what I mean? And he's mm-hmm. always reading a new book about the Cold War, you know, and he's lots and lots of different interests and they bring that to relationships and Mm -hmm. that's really really fantastic it brings vitality and what it does is it you know it helps the nine stay awake Mm. do you know what i mean that's good and it it busts the nine out of their kind of predictable habitual patterns right because the seven's always bringing home all this new stuff and then you know it's waking up the nine which could be uh sort of a rub too right it could be, but in, in the best, like, you know, with Abner and Amanda, I think that's not the case, right? right. Like, they, yeah. they really uh, enjoy, um, you know, their relationship in, in, in that regard. 
Um, so I think what we're going to hear in this, uh, this first little clip that we have coming up is some of what I'm talking about with mm-hmm. the seven and nine. And I'll make some more comments yeah. about the relationship based on. on what we're hearing, because I think, you know, it's better to hear the words from their mouth than just from mine. But, but just as I said from the start, you know, the seven brings this juice mm-hmm. and it's lots of sparkle and it helps overcome the nine's sloth. Mm. And wakes them up to all the possibilities of life. Right. Right. But then the nine grounds and tethers the seven. Right. And of course, so when you get those two together to meet in the middle, you can imagine you get this lovely combination where each is correcting the excesses of the other. Ooh, I love that. I love the way you put that. Okay, so let's listen to this clip where Abner is describing his relationship between Amanda and him. You've been in this relationship for how long have you guys been married? 10 years. Been married 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> Together for 13, 14. All right. Yeah. So how would you describe, I've sort of made some, you know, sort of general observations about sevens and nines. How would you describe your relationship? Uh, absolutely a balloon with a tether. Like the, the strong grounding force, which is Amanda, that makes reality reality, you know? And then me willing to float off in any place dreams i think we she helps us make rational decisions or make choices and i help us maybe expand like our our dreaming as a and it's tough for us too because life our relationship just doesn't mean like home for Mm -hmm. us it means everything we don't have a line between business and like career and personal doesn't really i mean we draw boundaries with where we let people in but there's for us personally it's all one thing but i do i think you're exactly right about you know obviously being optimistic and finding the bright side and stuff like you know now when we look back and we're like oh remember we were driving in cars and they were just full of garbage and we played that show in toledo with a band called feces eater how great um, was that true story. You know, that's all true stories yeah. <laughs> and then it was like and after this guy johnny swim and we were like oh right how did we get here what life choices have we made but i feel like our you know we we've said it for years these are the good old days and and now looking back you're like those days kind of sucked if you think about it but we had a great time we always had a great time and we were, didn't matter if we were broke or you know, wound up or our flights got canceled and we were in some dumb city or whatever. We've always like, we can have fun wherever we are. And I think, um, I think that's a seven and nine thing too. Like we may not be ultra disciplined, but fun shall be had. Yeah. Don't ask us to have a clean house, but a a party house. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) So you know, what's so great about that? What? Is I love that last line. Don't ask us to have a clean house, <laughs> but a party house. Sure. So I have been to Abner and Amanda's house uh-huh. several times. Right. And I can tell you, it's a party house. Okay. <laughs> the kids are running around. Uh, you know, uh, Abner's mom is there. Abner's sister is there. I mean, the assistant is there. And, you know, it's not a gigantic place. They live in California, you sure. know. And so, I mean, but it is... There's kind of this lovely, wonderful chaos kind of always happening. Their meals are being cooked and, you know, mama's making some wonderful uh, Latino meal. You know what I mean? It's like just a lot of juice and and fun going on. And, you know, Amanda being a go with the flow person and Abner being uh, like excitement guy, you know, and loves all the stimulation in the environment. Mm -hmm. It works. Yeah. I would go out of my mind. (laughs) 
they really do complement each other yes. well. Yeah. yeah, and that's partly because she's, you know, uh, don't rock the boat. Let's just go with what's happening, right? right. And right. he's sort of bringing the joy and the happiness, and he's illuminating those parts of the experience that are absurd and funny. And so it works, Yeah. right? It, it really, really works. Now, one of the cool things about nines and sevens is they both have gigantic, really big worldviews. Right. Right. Okay. The seven sees unlimited options. And the nine, as you remember, is perched at the top of the Enneagram. And so they can see the world from all the mm. different perspectives. Ooh, I love that. Both are comfortable with gray. So you don't have one member of the of the couple who's a black and white thinker and the other one who's a more global thinker. Right. They're both global thinkers. Okay. Mm-hmm. And because of that, what emerges is um, people who are, uh, have a, a rich appreciation for difference and diversity, mm. right? Lots of different interests. They have oodles of interesting friends, <laughs> right? And, and, they're, and they're welcome in the house. I mean, it's a, right. it's a, it's a lovely combination, right? Yeah. Now, what is interesting here and uh, is about Abner's remark about um, Amanda making rational decisions. Mm-hmm. And when we get into this next clip, I want to talk a little bit uh, about that, okay? Um, because, well, actually, I can do it now. Okay. Sevens and nines often have trouble making decisions, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, because the seven wants to keep all the options open. Right. Okay? So they don't like to be pinned down. They don't, you know, they can be commitment phobes. And nines tend to have trouble uh, with decisions because, it, first of all, it can take them time to make decisions, and they can mm-hmm. be overwhelmed by choices. Right. Remember how I've said in the past that sometimes you, it's, and I say this in the row back to you, sometimes it's better to give a nine three choices mm-hmm. about which restaurant to go to right. instead of just saying which restaurant Where do you, you want to go? go. Yeah. Right? Because the overwhelming number of choices or mm-hmm. options can, can be disequilibrating for the nine whereas the seven the unlimited options is the pinnacle right yes right (laughs) and so what can happen is the two can mutually reinforce the weakness they have around making decisions right now that can be financial decisions Mm. that can be parenting decisions Mm -hmm. that can be so it can be really important decisions would you say that they're both on some level kind of avoidant too of like maybe painful experiences or feelings. I would say that's more true of the seven. Right. But uh, it can be for an unhealthy nine that may narcotize or numb out to that kind of material in their psyche. Um, And so what's going to be interesting as you hear this next clip, I think, is to hear uh, kind of an... You're going to hear Amanda showing the healthy side of a nine and the not so healthy side of a nine in the next one. So let's okay. let's roll the next one and we'll we'll talk about that some more. All right. Well, how would you describe the relationship? Yeah, that's. I mean, I think that's exactly it. Like, if I if there's one thing, and I think it, what he said before too about how we bring out the best in each other, how, how I can kind of tether him down and be like, okay, I know you want to do all these things, but what about this one thing? Let's focus in on this one thing or, or let's make it, let's make it manageable to some degree. I think that's partially because I'm like, I, I'm a very like realistic dreamer. Like, I'm like, oh, that would be nice. This one little thing. And he's like, no, 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 that would be nice. And then we kind of meet, meet in the middle of like, okay, let's like, we're, we're going to get someplace good one way or another. But he, I think, 
he's been the voice that's told me over and over that my voice matters when I'm like, I mean, not that it doesn't matter, but like, it's fine. Other people have better things to say. And he's the one that's like, no, you need to, you need to talk. And that's been crazy amazing for me because, you know, it's easy for me to just go into a shell. And I feel like, I feel like I just give him like a safe, good little place to be his sevenness, mm. <laughs> to be excited and to have like, still have boundaries, but still, get the fun and the jollies you know so the way i would describe that in my daughter's relationship with her son would be he's he's the fire and she's the hearth mm. yeah mm. that's good so that was really interesting mm -hmm. uh because once again uh the roles have been defined a little bit uh you know amanda describes herself as the tether uh in in the relationship and she, she does help him to focus, which may not always happen with a 9-7 relationship. If the 9 isn't very awake, focus is not their gift, mm -hmm. right? Right. So she's trying to narrow down all the options mm -hmm. that he's bringing to the table mm -hmm. and saying, okay, which one are we going to execute on? Which one are we going to do, right? And she's trying to get him to a place of, of decision. She seems like a really healthy picture of a 9 to me with mm -hmm. a 7. Yeah. Well, um, another thing that's so interesting is, and, and very healthy, is that he lets her know that her voice matters. That one just killed me. I love that. Yeah. Now, I'm sure that's not the case all the time. Right. Okay. Be, here's the reason why. Sevens are the most self-referencing self -referencing number on the Enneagram. Wow. So what Talk does about that, that. What does that well, mean? Well, what does it mean? It means they kind of spend a lot of time focusing on what they want. <laughs> They're focusing on their plans, what right. they want to do, right. uh, what would bring them pleasure. So what, kudos for him. Yes, kudos for him. The, the nine is a very what we call other referencing mm -hmm. number. Mm -hmm. So what that means is they're focused on what do you want to do. So it would be easy for her to slip into, yeah, I'll just roll with whatever Abner's I will, thinking. I will just merge oh. with Abner's agenda. Yeah. yeah. Now. What can happen then is the, the seven ends up focusing on what he or she wants, mm -hmm. and then the nine is paying attention to what they want so they can merge with it. Mm. Wow. And that can lead down the road to some resentment right? or to the seven getting kind of bored mm -hmm. with the nine just not bringing just, it. Just going along. Yeah, and the nine not ultimately. bringing their own juice mm -hmm. and, and, and also maybe even pushing back and making the relationship interesting. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's a healthy thing to highlight there for the seven to lean into the nine and say, no, I want to hear from you. I want to hear your voice. You have a voice and it matters. Which is what he describes here. Yeah. Now, again, I think in a seven, nine combination, you got to remember that one is self-referencing. Yeah. Which, okay, let me put it a different way. It's not, this is not going to sound awesome. Uh -huh. Okay. It may feel a little, uh, I don't know. A seven and nine may not like what I'm going to say, but it's true. Okay. The seven can be selfish. Mm -hmm. the, the nine can be selfless. Mm. Let me just say it again. Yeah. The seven can be too selfish and the nine can be too selfless. Well, give us a few things to help us break out of that. What is a way for the seven to catch themselves being selfish in a relationship? Well, you just have to um, have enough awareness mm -hmm. to know this is my... Uh, automatic behavior if I'm not paying attention mm. and uh, knowing when that's the case. And the nine has to be able to call it out mm -hmm. and saying, you know, it's not all about what you want to do. Right. Right. And then what are some 
good tips for the nine that may tend to fall asleep in the relationship or merge? Well, How can they catch themselves merging? When they keep agreeing with everything that the seven wants to do, though inside they really don't want to. So mm-hmm. let me, all right, mm-hmm. so I was on a TV show with Abner and Amanda. Mm-hmm. They have a show uh, on the Magnolia Network. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a reality show about their lives. Mm-hmm. And I come in on the show to talk about a situation between them. Mm-hmm. Abner, during COVID, when he's not touring, which he loves, right? right. And he's bored. Right. Uh, decides he's going to get his pilot's license in 30 days. Uh-huh. So you know how much time and energy that takes, right? right. Oh, my gosh. Right. It's that, to do it in 30 days is... Like, oh, I'm just going to get my law degree in 30 days. I mean, not that bad, but it's a lot, right? Right. Well, now, Amanda, they got little kids at home. Mm -hmm. There's stuff to do. Right. And there's a pandemic. And there's a pandemic, (laughs) right? There's a lot going on. Right. And he just goes off like, that's Mm self-referencing. It's like, well, and I'm not outing them. This came out in the interview. Right. Okay. In the show. Yeah. Right. And, uh, And so he just wasn't thinking about what everyone else needed. Wow. That's very seven behavior. It's yeah. like, no, it's about me. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not touring and I'm feeling the pain and I'm feeling the boredom and I'm feeling stuck. Right. These are words that sevens don't like. Yes. Experiences they don't like. Yeah. So I'm gonna go get my pilot's license. Yeah. And Amanda doesn't like it. And for a while, what do you think she does? She's going along with it. She's going along with it. She's supporting him. She's taking care of the kids. She's being quiet. She's merged with the plan, but yeah. She has, in a very low-level way, expressed displeasure, mm-hmm. but not with enough, not with sufficient force to stop him. Because nines can tend to be passive-aggressive, right? Yes, and they can, you know, just be kind of quiet and go with it, and that just, you know, the seven will think, okay, everything's great, right? Or they'll right. rationalize that everything's great, you know. Would a nine think, okay, this is how I'm going to go about letting him know I'm unhappy? I'm not going to say anything, but I'm going to sort of put the brakes on here and be difficult here. What's the challenge of just saying this isn't working for me? For it's just nine? not in their nature. Yeah. Right. Now they can learn mm-hmm. to be more assertive. Yeah. To say, I have rights here. Right. I have, um, I have say here and this isn't working for me. This yeah. does not work. So on the show, we kind of get to a place where she's able to say it. Oh, that's cool. And he <clears throat> listens. And then, interestingly, and I think I mentioned this on a show the other day, mm-hmm. he gets kind of uh, very moved yeah. at one point. And then immediately... Makes a joke. He makes a joke. Yeah. And I call him out on it. Yeah. Right? What did he say? I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, but it was sort of like a ho, 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 you know, right after a very touching moment. Yeah. As if the room had gotten too humid with discomfort and pain and tears. That cues up this next segment perfectly because it's a moment where Abner's experiencing a lot of uncomfortable emotion. Yes. Great. There was a moment when Amanda and I were in an argument. Now I get asthma. Look at this. Like as soon as I start talking about this crap. Why are we here again? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Because Amanda and I were in an argument. Excuse me. We're in an argument. And it wasn't like we've always been the don't go to bed angry or don't go to bed unresolved or at least don't go to bed apart from each other kind of folks. And we couldn't settle this argument. And she's like, I'm just going to sleep in the guest room. And I was like, fine, go sleep in the guest room. I don't care. And I totally cared. And so I'm in our bed and she's in an inflatable mattress on the floor in our like guest room. It wasn't even really a guest room. Uh, I'm like bothered. I'm like, no, I'm going to sleep. Her loss. Inflatable mattress, bed. And I'm just like shriveling up on the inside. And I spent the whole night in the bed, but I didn't sleep. 
And so I go to the room so mad. I go to the guest room. It is a kind of a massive moment in a relationship, and I can't believe I'm talking about it. But I will not regret it, and it will stay on the podcast. <laughs> um, and I say to her, you can't do that. I walk in, like, yelling at her. First thing in the morning, it's like 7.30. I wake her up, screaming. You can't do that. You can't go sleep in her room. You just can't do that. She goes, well, that are not very, like, logical responses. She was also pre-law at Vanderbilt, magna cum laude, whatever. She's super smart. I get it. Um, she's like, well, then we need to talk about that. She starts wanting to talk about me. I was like, you can't. And I literally, my, my hands turned to, like, like claws. My shoulders sunk in and my back hunched over. And I said, you can't leave me. And I just screamed it and started, like, mm. weeping. Like, I don't know if I've wept before or since in my entire life. Mm. I was like, you can't and snot and spit and whatever. And she's like, oh my God, oh, come here, come here, let me hold you, come on, I got you, I got you. I said, no, then I literally said, don't look at me, don't look at me, I was so ashamed because I couldn't control it, I never, to this day, I've never felt that in my life. And I'd never realized this well of fear mm. of abandonment. Mm. That's kind of crazy that I feel like an, I can already see like in my four-year-old. And I don't know how much of that sticks to your DNA, mm. how much of that can go on to the next generation, but I feel like I can see it in my kids too. Like a, this thing, but anyway, I remember going to the kitchen and I physically unraveling, like like reassembling actually, like mm. watching my hands kind of go back to normal, straightening my back. Like, okay, I don't know what just happened. Uh, I guess we need to talk about it, whatever. And uh, I didn't know that fundamentally there was a drive of fear in me. And that's what made me so uncomfortable reading your chapter about me, because I know you wrote it about me, <laughs> is I don't like having to face that truth that there is a fundamental fear and for me it's a, a real fear of abandonment and among other things i'm sure wow that was my favorite part of the interview when we originally did it and it, it moves me now yeah uh i wish some people could be in the room because abner was mm -hmm. choked up so you know here is an example of where the enneagram kind of nails it right they have an argument uh -huh. what does amanda do withdrawals she goes to the guest room yeah what does he do he gets all, go, you go ahead, you go. He becomes aggressive and assertive. Right. Three, sevens, and eights, assertive types. Yeah. Fours, fives, and nines, withdrawing types. Yeah. Now, but what happens is, again, this is assertive. He comes into the room and says, you can't do that. You can't do that. Right. Right. And then she responds by saying, well, then we need to talk about it. So she becomes a little bit more assertive, right? Uh -huh. But right. then what happens? He decompensates. He yeah. falls apart. Yeah. Okay, and out comes all this material. Yeah. Now, later in the interview, we learn that a lot of this has to do with his dad and, mm -hmm. you know, all that other stuff. Right. So, you know, uh, Abner's done some work. He knows where some of the origin material is here. However, what's interesting is he begins to talk about fear. Mm -hmm. And this is so important. You and you've heard me say it. Nick or scratch the paint on the surface of a seven, and what do you find? Oh, fear. Anxiety and fear. Yeah. And so much of the running, so much of the unlimited options, so much of the future thinking is running from the anxiety. Mm -hmm. Conscious or unconscious anxiety. Right, right. Running off to take flying lessons yeah. is a way of escaping anxiety. I'm not touring. I don't feel like I have purpose or meaning, right? And the little joke at the end of a, yes. a very intense moment, it's oh, like a way to... Definitely. Yeah, and I'm not outing them. This is all public yeah. material. Okay, yeah. So let's just be clear about that. Yeah. Um, and so, you know... Well, well, it's not unique to them either. Oh, my gosh, no. Oh, my gosh, no. And they are, for the most part, a healthy 7 yes. combination. Yeah. You know, they have very open lines of communication, and yeah. they're very dear, and they, they're, they're, their marriage works, right? 
Um, now, uh, what, what, what's going on for Abner and the anxiety? Don't abandon me. Don't abandon me. So that's a real source of anxiety for him. But that's a real seventh thing as well. So what's going on with his source of anxiety there? Well, it's this fear of abandonment. And, mm-hmm. and you know, of course, we all fear abandonment, sure. right? Uh, fours in particular, mm-hmm. probably more than any other type, worry mm-hmm. about abandonment. However, sevens often as little kids, they develop this basic fear, which is I can't rely on anyone else to be there for me. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm. So, you know, uh, we can see where that, might, uh, that belief may have arisen from some kind of an experience of abandonment. Sure. Not always, but right. in this situation for sure. So, uh, you know, I think that fear that there's no one here for me, and, and this is what sevens begin to believe, I have to take care of myself. Right. And his breakdown with her is really great because what does she do? And this is kind of a way that we can help sevens is that she reassures him she's there for him. She's there for him in his pain, in his discomfort. And I think that's really, really important to do for uh, a seven. And I, I really think this episode between them is kind of turned out to have a really great ending. It's, uh, I, I was looking at this, your description of um, your daughter and son, he's the fire and she's the hearth. It's sort of an expression of that mm-hmm. in that moment, right? She mm-hmm. comes around him right. and supports him when he's fallen apart. And it's really beautiful. I love that she was so attuned to, oh my gosh, this is like another level. You know, where I was digging my heels in isn't important right now. Let's take care of yeah. what's really going on. But mm-hmm. check this out. Yeah. Her digging her heels in made that happen brought it about yeah if she had just gone with the flow yes and just said oh, okay i give up i'm merging with whatever he wants yeah then that wouldn't have happened it and gave me so, chill bumps when you said that message to nines come on this is what happens when you assert your voice things like this yeah where there's an opening there's some kind of epiphany there's some incredibly important moment that has to happen but won't happen unless you assert your voice and he says it's like the most significant moment probably of their marriage. So yeah, yeah, that is a definite encouragement for nines. Totally. Love that. So we're going to close this interview now. Do you have any sort of closing thoughts on the relationship between the seven and the nine? Um, Just a last word of encouragement for them. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, first of all, want to say, I just love Abner and Amanda as human beings. Mm -hmm. I'm so honored that I've had some, meaningful interaction with them uh, in their personal lives. Uh, and I think they're a 7-9 couple that have, you know, done a lot of work and they're, oh, yeah. they're, they've made significant strides in their relationship that all of us should, should want to aspire to. You know, I, I think the 7-9 combination, as I mentioned earlier, can be so beautiful. Mm-hmm. That 9 go with the flow, that 7 juice, right? If mm-hmm. the 9 doesn't merge with the 7 who's too self-referencing, and if the 7 doesn't respect the 9 being, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the 7 can take advantage of the 9 right. if they're not careful. Yeah. Because they'll, oh, they'll yeah. see the 9 as a pushover, and sure. they'll just do whatever they want. Sure. And so if you can bring those things into balance, and let me just go back to that phrase. If the seven and nine can correct each other's excesses, mm. that's really, really important. Love correct that. each other's excesses and be open to the other pull, tethering you back, 
pulling mm-hmm. you back mm-hmm. or, or pushing you, you out. Yeah, pushing you forward. Yeah, love that. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thanks for this episode, Ian. We have two more coming up, folks, on couples. This is two of four. The next one coming up is John and Tristan Collins, a five and a two. And I also just want to make the point that you don't have to be an actual seven and nine combo to pull stuff from this. If you're a seven, you're going to get stuff from this. If you're nine, you're going to get stuff from this or in a relationship with a seven or nine. Uh, And then we're going to round it out with the fourth episode being Ian and Anne. So you want to make sure you stay tuned for that because it's a really great one. So thanks for staying tuned with us and we'll see you next time.